We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything. Lakers, your Lakers just pulled off an unlikely and a lot, a lot of fun win against the Utah Jazz. I was not expecting that for sure. I was not expecting the Lakers to be able to come back and get a win over the Jazz without Anthony Davis. We have so much to talk about. We got to talk about this thrilling comeback victory, LeBron's incredible fourth quarter, Russell Westbrook's contributions. Austin Reeves making big plays, Malik Monk as well. So many positives to talk about. And then at the same time, the unfortunate negative of AD's injury. So we've got a lot to break down. If you're coming in from YouTube, you're coming in from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome in. Throw us your questions and comments. And if you listen to the podcast version of this, make sure you are following us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts. Joining me tonight is Sean Davis. Sean, how are you doing? All right, man. I'm doing a lot better. Lakers got a surprising win because, I mean, you could tell, Trevor, when Anthony Davis won out, the air got sucked out of uh, Crypto.com Arena. But it, it was a fun comeback win for sure. I definitely thought that was that was it. in fact, I'll admit I wasn't that focused on the game after Anthony Davis got hurt. I was trying to get as many updates as we could. On AD, I think even tweeted out that the score at halftime didn't really matter that much to me. It felt like the game kind of ended when AD got hurt. And then the Lakers showed that fight. They showed that hustle. They managed to hang around. And then LeBron James went nuclear in the fourth quarter. They wind up getting the win. And it wasn't just LeBron, though. Other guys were chipping in, making big plays as well. That was great to see. And I think here's what I want to get to. Uh, Jay Singh said, hello, Trevor. Love you guys. Let's go, Lakers. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it uh, for the super chat. But the Lakers, last game against the Warriors, they showed energy. They showed heart. They showed hustle. And we've been hearing, right, from Frank Vogel, from the players, about how there was this new energy around the team after the trade deadline. And a lot of people said, oh, it's just talk. It's just talk. And if it doesn't result in the win, then what, what does it matter, right? And I guess there's some element to, of truth to that. I did think they played better against the Warriors, but then didn't get the positive reinforcement of the win. This game, mm -hmm. this game, they get that. This game, they fight 
they scratch, they claw, they do everything that they need to do. They put in the effort that we haven't always seen this season and they get rewarded with the win. And I think that's so important heading into the All-Star break that they get that positive reinforcement. You play with this type of energy, with this type of intensity, with this type of purpose and force. And these are the kinds of things that happen. Good things can happen when you play this way. Yeah, and who was it? Again, it was the younger guys. It was THT, who didn't shoot the ball well, but, I mean, we tweeted on Twitter, I think I might mention as well, his shot still looked kind of fluid. He looked like he had confidence shooting it. But THT made some really nice plays defensively on that run. I think they ended the game on 26-9 to run. Obviously, Austin Reeves. Um, Malik Monk had a couple of really huge rebounds down the stretch on the defensive end. Um so, yeah, man, it was a, I thought even Ken Bazemore made some really nice plays in a critical stretch where the Lakers are trying to, you know, make their comeback. Um, but also the young guys, again, and that's kind of been the focal point of what we've been talking about, Trevor, for a little while now is if the Lakers do make something on the buyout market, it has to be to go get a younger guy because that's what's worked for you. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into the buyout market. There's going to be people asking about that. Oh, Malachi is asking, Trevor, why don't you give out Lakers Nation gear? Well, Malachi, uh, honestly, I just had a discussion about that yesterday. Yeah, so maybe something in the works there. Not, nothing imminent, nothing's happening tomorrow or anything like that, but maybe a little something in the works there. So good timing for that comment. But the Lakers, for them as a team, before we get into the individual players, this is a big moment. This is a big moment. And I'm not saying, oh my gosh, yes. this is it. The Lakers are now winning the NBA championship or any, anything like that, right? There's there's still a long way to go. They've got a lot to work through. And now you're without Anthony Davis for the foreseeable future. Uh, so he's going to get an MRI tomorrow. X-rays came back negative. So there's, there's a lot, a lot that the Lakers still need to do this season. And again, I would not consider them to be a, a championship favorite or anything like that, or even a championship hopeful right now. I don't think that's what's in the cards at this moment. But as a team, for what they've been through and for what the Lakers fan base has been through, for what Lakers nation has been through this season, I got to say, gosh, that felt good for them to get that win, especially coming right on the heels of Anthony Davis's injury because that was so deflating. The Lakers had already lost three in a row. It had felt like the season was cursed. And again, the, the road ahead is bumpy. But fighting back and getting that win, it wasn't the fake comeback or whatever that people talk about. It was a rare high moment for this season, a rare moment where the team managed to have that kind of success, had the energy. You're left with that, that kind of positive experience that we haven't had enough of this season. Yeah, and you talked about it after the Warriors game, and, I'm, and it's really important, and I'm really even more happy that the Lakers are seeing the results of them playing well and having great effort. Um, because sometimes, you know, teams will have good effort or whatever, and they'll, you know, I think he said even after the Warriors game, man, they really deserve to win this game, and they didn't. And sometimes, sometimes it's kind of deflating for teams, but the Lakers are to come out specifically that last really like 16 minutes, like the last four or so minutes of that third quarter and that fourth quarter to play with that high level of energy and even to start the game, to be honest, that high level of energy um, and to see it pay off in a win is so cool for this Lakers squad. They really needed it going into the all-star break. And I'm not going to say all hope was going to be lost 
if they lose this game and if AD uh, with AD being out for at least foreseeable future, but it would have stung a little bit more if you lose AD and you wind up losing the game, at least it helps makes it a little bit better with getting the big comeback win. Absolutely. Absolutely. This would be, I would be in a very different mood right now. If not only do you yeah. lose AD, but then they lost by like 15 or something like that. Um, that would have been, it would have been tough. It would have been Brutal. a very somber mood in this. And it still is. We still have to deal with that Anthony Davis situation. And we're going to talk all about it. But again, getting the win definitely is some kind of consolation as, as Paul Pineda says here from Facebook. Um, Malachi says, thank you for getting my name correct. Hey, I, I took a shot and I, and I got it. Um, all right. So let's get into the individual players. And I think we need to start with LeBron James. There were question marks about the knee. Again, LeBron talked about uh, how it's not going to be 100%, how the only way for it to truly heal is to rest it, and the Lakers simply can't afford for him to do that right now. Didn't sound great about LeBron's knee. And there were some moments tonight where LeBron looked like, you know, maybe he didn't fully have the burst that he needed. But then, fourth quarter, here comes LeBron, and he starts going berserk i mean and not just not just fadeaway threes it's not like he's just hitting the three and okay he got hot from behind the arc no he's driving to the basket dunking the ball like he's 27 and not 37 looked phenomenal fired up aaron donald sitting courtside maybe it was that championship aura that was just that just fed the lakers from aaron donald in this one but lebron james what a performance final stat line for lebron in this one 40 minutes played, that's a lot, but 33 points, eight boards, six assists, two steals, 14 to 23 shooting, three of eight from deep, and leads the Lakers to a comeback win. I got to look and see, last I saw he had, I want to say 15 points in the fourth quarter, but then I stopped paying attention to that. I don't know if he scored again after that. Bottom line, he scored a lot of points in the fourth and helped get the Lakers the W. Yeah, man, I mean, LeBron was insane in that fourth quarter. And I think Doris Burke made a point on the live broadcast that LeBron not necessarily coasted, but he was kind of like deferring and, and, you know, not asserting himself in the offense, scoring the ball in that throughout the first three quarters, mainly in that third quarter when the Lakers were on that drought offensively. And he had like one point up till that final stretch. And then LeBron just went crazy in that fourth quarter. Um, he had a couple, and I love the way that Frank Vogel kind of attacked the matchups to say, okay, you're going to leave Rudy Gobert on the floor. That's perfect for us. We're just going to attack it, and we're going to pull LeBron to pick and roll, so THT saying the screens. Um, LeBron was phenomenal. I want to give props to Russell Westbrook, too, because mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do it. Um, this is another stuff. He had five turnovers, but, I mean, if you can somehow ignore the turnovers— this was a Russell Westbrook game that I think is going to help the Lakers going forward. This is the style of game that we'll need. Yeah, let's get to Russ. So Russell Westbrook in this game, he had the five turnovers, but he also made the big like star level plays down the stretch. Yeah, right? I mean this is this is what you were thinking you were getting, right? When the Lakers traded for Russell Westbrook was okay, okay. One of the guys goes down, one of the guys is out, whether it's rest or injury, whatever, you've got another guy that can step up. Tonight, I thought Russell Westbrook stepped up. Now, maybe not the entire game, but especially in the fourth quarter. And then hitting the free throws. Now, again, he only shot four or seven from the line overall. But in the important moment, 
in the important moment at the line, he sinks two. I thought, I, I know Lakers fans went, oh no, when Malik Monk passed that ball. The Lakers, they were up two, and Russell Westbrook up steps two. to the line to shoot free throws. Obviously, he makes them both. You're up four, feel pretty good about winning the game. He misses one of them. Suddenly, Utah's got a, got a chance here, and he nails them both. He made the plays the Lakers needed him to make. I thought he was phenomenal on the boards. Four offensive rebounds for the Lakers, including a big one down the stretch when the Lakers really yes. needed it. Seven boards, six assists overall, 17 points for Russell Westbrook. And again, he made star-level plays in the fourth quarter when the Lakers needed him too. I like that out of Russell Westbrook a lot. Yeah, and I think I tweeted this out. It has to be so cool for Russ to get kind of like the redemption moment, especially if this win, I'm not speaking, I'm not going to say it is because with this Lakers team, you never know, but especially if this win could be a turning point for the Lakers, man, that has to be cool for Russ to kind of get that redemption arc, if you will, hitting after being booed in his hometown, not even maybe a couple games ago, um, to hit the two game ceiling free throws. Like it's a really good Utah jazz team at home. You just lost one of your best players. For him to get that moment, I thought it was really cool. And yeah, man, I mean, that fourth quarter from Ross is what you wanted. Ross, I, I also think that it was smart by Frank Vogel to just go ahead and play small. And that's how they beat the Jazz last time around, too, was going small. So they beat him last time. So, right, yep. I mean, you, you take what you did before that worked and you stick with it. But the knee-jerk reaction would be, uh-oh, Anthony Davis is out. Dwight, here's all the minutes. Go, right? And Frank Vogel went the yeah. other way and said, if we're going to beat this team, we've got to beat them with speed, even if we are giving up something on the interior. And going with the smaller lineups did help. And Dwight did get some run out there. But the Lakers ultimately won this because they went smaller and the Jazz weren't able to match up with that with Gobert on the floor. I had somebody in the comments of the Super Chat mention, this is why the Jazz won't go far in the playoffs, because they yep. don't have that counter when Gobert is, is facing smaller lineups. Now, I do think the Jazz can still find success. I think tonight the Lakers got the win. I still think the Jazz can find some success when they're playing against small ball teams. But it is a, a bit of a more of a challenge for them because Gobert's not like an Anthony Davis who's more fleet-footed on the perimeter and can really check guys who are fours, who are threes, or, or whatever. So that's a challenge, and the Lakers exploited that. So that was a nice adjustment, too, from Frank Vogel. Yeah, I think that's a good point, though. I mean, that's how the Clippers beat them in the playoffs last year. In the second round, after being down 2-0, Ty Lue just said, to heck with it, we're going to go small. And that really pulls Rudy out of the paint. And when it does that, you know, now Rudy has to guard more on the perimeter, and that's how the Lakers pretty much came back. And this one, that's how they beat them the last time. They just really attacked uh, Rudy Gobert on the perimeter offensively and put him in uncomfortable positions. And yeah, I think that's a fair point from, I think it was Bruce Barnes from Super Chat. All right, I've got a Super Chat here from Yes, said if Russ plays like this consistently and we grab an energy big, I still like our chances. I've been a Laker fan since Rugrats days. I can't give up. Oh, yeah, I mean, we're not we're not giving up right now or anything like that, but uh, an energy big, I don't know exactly who's going to be out there on the buyout market. We could talk about maybe Moses Brown or somebody like that, but the Lakers... If they can continue to play with this effort and this energy, that's going to be important. I mean, they, they can make some noise still. It's going to be important that Anthony Davis, of course, comes back at some point this season. And again, we will get to that. But overall, 
I think the last two games since the Lakers started saying that it felt like there was a different energy around the team, I think we've seen that on the floor. And that's a good thing because they haven't always backed up their words this season. <laughs> the main one is uh, the LeBron Twitter, uh, the tweet he had where he said uh, the energy's going to change. It was something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see what else we've got coming in here. I do need to get some other players, but I have a feeling that a lot of these players are going to be brought up in our our Super Chats. Uh, Joe and Oliva said the Lakers won the same way last time playing the Jazz, playing Le Center, LeBron at center, yes. can a- AD yep. can take my ankle, <laughs> she says. And Brian Holiday with the Super Chat said, Lake Show, baby. That's right. They got it done. They got it done. Against all odds, they got it done. Dre Johnson said, I kind of want to see Dennis back with this squad. I don't know. I don't know if Dennis Schroeder is going to get bought out by the Houston Rockets, first and foremost. Yeah. And here's... He just started tonight. Yeah, here's the other thing, too. I think what we're missing a lot, why a lot of people are are connecting the Lakers to Dennis Schroeder, it's because, yes, they tried to trade for him, but I don't know how much of it was about Dennis Schroeder. I think a lot of it was his contract a fairly small expiring contract where the Lakers to get there would stack up a couple of veteran minimum guys. The Lakers in that deal from everything we've heard is they were trying to use a couple second round picks to get the Celtics to eat a few salaries for them, like a DeAndre Jordan, maybe it's Kent Bazemore, whoever, right? That's what the goal was. I don't know how much of it was actually let's go get Dennis Schroeder. So when I hear, oh, what if Dennis Schroeder gets bought out by the Rockets? I'm sure there's some interest there. But I really don't know how much of the Lakers' rumored negotiation to try to trade for him was about, we really want Dennis Schroeder versus, we really want some open roster spots. What was really the goal there? That That's the thing that really has to be answered. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would want Dennis. I think that's the right approach that the Lakers are having. Like, yeah, we'll take Dennis, but we want to clear up some roster spots. I want to go back to that AD thing very quick. I mean, I would, I would offer... My two ankles for Anthony Davis, but mine are probably not of use to him at the moment. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, that sucks. I know. I think I think a lot of Lakers fans are in that are at that point. Take my ankles. I don't need them. Let him use them. Uh, Dre Johnson them. said, "AD needs to stop wearing low top sneakers." That was. Let's talk a little bit about AD because there's. So that was one of the worst turned ankles I've ever seen. Now, I've seen worse ankle injuries. Oh, my I mean, God, think yeah. About, like, you know, guys like Dak Prescott or Gordon Hayward or whatever, you know, where they sit up and their, their full foot is pointing the wrong way because the ankle fractured and dislocated. And turned, like, there's been yeah. nasty stuff. But um, that was one of the worst just turned ankles I've seen. I mean, his ankle touched the floor. That was gross. But what was equally as gross was seeing – I'm hoping fans from other teams primarily come in saying all kinds of things about Anthony Davis, calling him all kinds of names and and coming up with how injury prone he is and stuff like that. That was, that was no more an injury prone situation than his previous injury. When he had a guy fall into his leg, like there, there wasn't really much he could do. It wasn't like Anthony Davis is running down the floor and his knee just exploded or something, right? And you could say, oh, well, you know what? It's just genetics. He's just injury prone. He landed on a dude's foot. Like that happens to basketball players all the time. And this was a really bad one. Uh, and moreover, it was really unsettling, disappointing, I suppose is the word that I want to use. How many mm-hmm. people were using that 
as an opportunity to take shots at the Lakers, to laugh, Just throw to on celebrate. Them, yeah. It was an opportunity by some to, to seize the moment and show people what their character truly was. And that, that was definitely disappointing because I don't care. I don't care if a guy is a Clipper. I don't care if he's a Celtic. I don't want to see I don't, I don't want to see wish. anybody getting hurt out there, particularly when it was something that was potentially as serious and could potentially still be very serious as what happened with Anthony Davis. And we'll get into what the Lakers side of this is and everything. From a fan perspective, leave that stuff out. There's no place for that when we're talking about a player suffering a potentially serious injury like this. Yeah, that was an excellent rant from you, Trevor. But I do want to add like to the injury-prone thing, like, he got a dude thrown into his knee in the Timberwolves game, and he fell on somebody's foot. Like, if we're playing a game of pickup, Trevor, knock on wood, I, I fall down on somebody's foot. That doesn't make me injury-prone because I turned my ankle coming down somebody's foot. So, like, these two instances are just not fair. And then you have the fans and stuff, um, you know, just piling on, which doesn't help. Um so, yeah, I mean, this is like this is not a controllable injury from Anthony Davis. It's a basketball thing. And I'm sure if you played a game of pickup, you've unfortunately turned your ankle a time or two. This was just a really nasty turned ankle from Anthony Davis. Oh, I've, I've done it countless times, but never like that. Countless never times. like that. Never, never yeah, that, that was, bad. I, I've done it, you know, like his ankle touched that the was, floor. That was bad. That was really, really bad. I, I've done it before where it's just lace up your sneakers a little bit tighter and you're going to be sore the next day. Yeah, that that was rough. Put some ice on it. That was really bad. And here's the thing. So Andrew James Wells from Facebook contributes says, honestly, Davis is lucky that his x-rays came back negative. A lot of people would have snapped their ankle from that. Uh, Our own Ryan Ward mentioned that. And when we were talking about it as Lakers Nation staff in our group chat said he did something similar. And when he went to get x-rays, it was broken. Like he, he he was a very similar injury. I was surprised, too, honestly, that the x-rays came back negative. Now, that does not mean that everything is a-okay with Anthony Davis. And I know a lot of people understand that, but it's going to take a while for him to recover from this, assuming you know how bad it was. This isn't the kind of thing that you just bounce back and you're good. So what we've heard is the Lakers are going to get an MRI tomorrow. And then, of course, he's going to be getting treatment all during the All-Star break, after which he'll be reevaluated. So the All-Star break is going to go for the next week-ish, week and a half. Um, I believe a week from Friday is the next time they play. I wouldn't expect Anthony Davis back until close to the end of the season. We're probably get, talking about getting close to yeah. playing, and that's if. That's if he's able to come back. That was a severely sprained ankle. That can take a while to heal from. I'm not expecting to see Anthony Davis back anytime soon, and that is a massive blow for the Los Angeles Lakers. So don't just don't just hear, oh, the x-rays are negative and think that means he's fine. No, this is, this is going to be, I think, a lengthy absence for Anthony Davis. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Absolutely. Um, now, is this probably the best bit of news we could have gotten? Probably. Um, and I think the All-Star break coming up is, even though it's not really the best news for us, but it's uh, kind of good timing. Uh, I mean, there's never really a good timing for an injury, but it kind of helps Anthony Davis a little bit so he could get a little bit of extra treatment that he might not have been able to get um, without the All-Star break. So it's definitely unfortunate. But, I mean, you get the All-Star break, which is, again, I think 10 days because they play the 25th, hold nine days or whatever. Um, and then you'll get reevaluated. So you get that little extra rest and recovery and which should mm. hopefully help yeah it, it certainly doesn't hurt that you've got the all-star break here that buffers it a little bit like if that if we were past the all-star break already then you've got you know the 10 days or so that Sheesh. they're off for the all-star break that's a time that you're playing games now the lakers have some time off so that does help to get him get him back out there uh let's see what else do we have going on here in the super chats Oh, Nick Kasselian said, just want to give you props, Trevor. One of the best in the business. Been a fan for years. Keep up the excellent work. Thank you, Nick. I, I truly appreciate that. Give give Trevor <laughs> his flaws. Give Trevor his flowers. I, I certainly appreciate that. Certainly appreciate that. All right, let's see. Lakers fans should thank God they have LeBron. Yeah, I mean, look, LeBron really stepped up in this one. Yeah. LeBron really stepped up uh, in this game, and he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Rage said, love the show, Trevor. Watch after every game in a super chat. Thank you. Definitely appreciate that. Appreciate all of you guys who are coming in here. Uh, let's see here. I want to get into, I do want to get into some more players, but Brandon Robinson said with the super chat, incredible win. So glad LeBron bounced back after a tough loss to the Warriors. Yes. Thought the wind was going to be taken from the sails when AD went out, but was happy to see the guys use that as fuel. I think the wind did get taken out of their sails for a little bit. I think there was a period of, oh man, now they just started really playing with the effort, the intensity they needed to play to win games. They were feeling good. And then down goes AD. The team, there had to be a sense of, what next? What I mean, it's been one thing after another with this team all season. What and now? for the guys who were on the team last season, I'm talking about LeBron, AD, THT, it was the same thing last season where it was one thing after another, after another, one injury after another. But they found a way to shake that off and eventually, eventually pick it up, rely on each other, get a great performance out of LeBron, great performance out of Russ, and get the job done with a lot of guys making big plays. So that was great to see that they ultimately had it in them to fight through that shock of losing Anthony Davis and get the job done. I think Frank Hadswell have told him. I don't know if they, he actually said and they caught on the wire or whatever that they do uh, for like the coaches' timeouts or whatever. But, I mean, they beat this Jazz team without Anthony Davis the last time these two teams played. So I think that has to have like some sort of reassurance. Like, hey, we know we're good enough to beat this team. Now it was had to be kind of demoralizing because Donovan Mitchell seemed like he couldn't miss a jump shot for the first three quarters or so of that game. Um, and then they took him out. Uh, 
towards the end of that third quarter, that final two minutes, I was like, okay, Lakers have to win these these last two minutes, this last two minute stretch with Mitchell off the floor. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, the, the wind definitely got sucked out of the arena. I think the Lakers got down by what fourteen, maybe at one point in the third quarter, and they're like, oh boy, here we go. But the Lakers just kept climbing back, climbing back, and then Donovan Mitchell goes out, LeBron comes back in, and they go to the fourth, only down nine. Uh, was it no down eight? I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, man, a big win for the Lakers. Mark Polo Corleone said, why is AD always wearing low top shoes? Stop trying to be cute. I don't think like if AD was wearing high top shoes, his ankle is still not holding up very well on, on that play. Uh, oh, big Meech said it would be real nice if we had Christian Wood, LOL. Oh my goodness. You know, I hadn't really <laughs> thought about that. I saw that. I hadn't thought about that. There was the rumor, for those of you who didn't didn't see our previous video on this, there was a rumor that there was a potential deal with the Lakers and the Rockets that would have sent out Taylor Horton Tucker, Russell Westbrook, the 2027 first for John Wall and Christian Wood. Now, again, I'm not totally certain those would be the pieces involved. It could be some other reasons why that fell apart. But there's some rumors that, you know, what happened was the Lakers didn't want to absorb salary. And so that ultimately caused them to turn down the deal. Now, I think that would have been a good deal for the Lakers because I'm a big fan of Christian Wood, but especially now with Anthony Davis hurt, imagine if you had Christian Wood yeah. to fill in. So yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but um, that's, that's certainly tough. That's certainly tough. Yeah. I wasn't even the biggest fan of it. I mean, we kind of had a little conversation off camera about it, but man, hindsight, it would be kind of nice to have Christian Wood right about now. Um, but I mean, Lakers didn't pull the trigger, man. Yeah. Dre Johnson, I turned my ankle multiple times playing in Kobe low tops. They have no real ankle support. It's uh, light to play with, but horrible ankle support. Okay, I haven't actually played played in those, so maybe there's something there. Mamba mentality, still believe we're one trade away. Go Lakers. Well, unfortunately, they can't have any other trades because we're past the trade deadline, but okay, well, we're one piece away. Maybe you find something on the bio market. Mini C, Trev, AD can have my other ankle. I'm already on bed rest with a left broken ankle. Oh my gosh. Prayers oh, no. up to him and Sheesh. hopefully this injects life into our team. Well, first of all, hoping for, for good health for you, hopefully a quick recovery. But think about that. You're already down to one ankle and you're willing to sacrifice the one good ankle you've got for Anthony Davis. That's that's Laker fandom right there, right? That's That's real commitment. The ultimate <laughs> sacrifice. Dre Johnson, do you see the Lakers getting rid of THT due to Austin Reeves? I don't think you get rid of THT. I don't, I don't think you get rid of THT just because of Austin Reeves. You might say he's more expendable, but I think if you're going to get rid of THT, it's because you need his salary in a trade because of just logistics, salary matching purposes. I don't think you're getting rid of him just because you've got Austin Reeves. Maybe it makes you a little bit more willing to because you know, okay, we've got a guy who can fill in on the wing for him. But I don't think the Lakers are looking at the situation. Like like the Knicks at the trade dead, deadline. We're looking at things saying, we really need to get some minutes for Cam Reddish if we're going to keep him. Let's try to trade away some guys so that we can give more minutes to Cam. I don't think the Lakers are in a situation where they're thinking, we got to trade THT just to free up minutes for Austin Reeves. Yeah, especially because their roles are completely different in ways. Like THT, when he's on the floor, unless Russell Westbrook is on the floor, THT's role, offensively anyway, 
is more of an off-ball or secondary ball handler and facilitator. Using him in some screen and roll actions with Anthony Davis or LeBron. Austin Reeves is kind of the do-everything hustle guy defensively. He can knock down a couple spot-up shots, make some really nice cuts and set good screens. THT, he can do well uh, defensively. Uh, he, he played some good defensive possessions tonight in the fourth quarter. But his role, and I think Austin Reeves' role, is completely different. So I think you would have to trade one or the other to keep one or the other, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. They are playing a different role compared to in terms of what they're being asked to do, specifically on the offensive end of the floor. Yeah. We're seeing that. Stephen A. just might be right. Shop AD and get a haul back this offseason. Look, I think we've talked about this a lot. I think in order for the Lakers to decide they're going to trade Anthony Davis, it would take Anthony Davis asking for a trade. Um, the Lakers yep. have approached this as a partnership for quite a while. If AD requested a trade, they would look at it. But otherwise, I don't see them doing that. Um, and we've seen how good Anthony Davis can be when he's at his best. I don't think, like, what are you going to get back? Are you going to get back a few pieces and then try to round out your depth? I don't think you do like a four quarters for a dollar type trade with Anthony Davis. Yeah, especially now, like LeBron's 37. Like if he's 30, I mean, maybe. And even then I'm probably still not doing that. Like four quarters for a dollar. I mean, you, you got to get something at least close to Anthony Davis's value. Um, his true value rather. And I mean, he's hurt right now. Um, hoping we can get some positive news soon. Um, but, and then again, like you said, it's a partner with Anthony Davis, who's a clutch sports rep. Um, so you'd be potentially burning some bridges there by just outwardly trading Anthony Davis and not having any you know, conversations within the partnership, if you will, with AD and his uh, representative. So I don't think Anthony Davis is getting traded unless he goes to Rob Palenka and management saying, hey, I want out. Bruce Barnes says, high tops make it less likely for you to have rolls or tweaks, but when you land on a foot like this, it moves the sprain up the ankle. And he actually kind of landed next to Gobert. And, and But anyway, um, it moves it up the ankle, which is worse. Okay, so potentially high tops could have made it worse in that situation. All right, so let's talk about a few other players here. We're not, in terms of the 360 award tonight, I think it's very, it's anticlimactic. It's very clearly LeBron James. I, and I thought Russ was good. Russ actually got it last, last show. Um, but I thought it was, it was LeBron from this one. Very clearly, very easy. Again, 33 points, eight boards, six assists, two steals. But the next man up, I think is really interesting. So the next man up award for tonight. So no AD. We're not going to be in to have an AD nope. in the award for a while. I think no AD, no LeBron, no Russell Westbrook, anybody else. Who was the next player that stepped up the most to you. So chat, let us know if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, let us know who you think was the next man up tonight for the Lakers. And Sean, I'll kick it to you. Give us your next man up. Who do you think was the guy who stepped up the most for the Lakers among the role players? All right. So it's not this guy, but I do want to give him a shout out because I've seen some people thinking he had a bad game and I want to, maybe I'll do a film breakdown on it because I do think he played well, especially defensively. THT, I thought he played well. He did go one for six. He shot 0 for 4 from three. Now, this could be an unpopular take, but he had four blocks defensively. He did some really nice things defensively, especially in that four quarters. A big reason why he was in the game for that long. But I'm agreeing with the chat. Austin Reeves, AR-15, HBK, the showstopper, whatever nickname you have for Austin Reeves. Uh, just apply it here. Austin Reeves 
is the three is the uh, next man up award. The, the big time three, the defensive stops he had, uh, the cutting he had a cut that set up an open three. Uh, Austin Reeves is three is the next man up. I don't even know what else to say really. Yeah, I agree, and the chat also agrees with you that it's Austin Reeves. I think it is very clearly. Austin Reeves, and there's some other guys that did well. And you know what, THT, I like that you mentioned him. I think he looks a little bit more comfortable with his jumper right now. Yes. It, yep. I was more like when on his release for most of the season, when he releases the ball, I've been thinking that's not going in. You can just tell that there's a smoothness that was missing to his release. It didn't look right coming out of his hand. Now, even when he's missing, it looks like he's made some tweaks. It looks smoother. He's shooting it with confidence. And I think this was just an off shooting night. If we can continue seeing him uh, shoot the way that he he did tonight, where he's going to make more than he misses for the foreseeable future. Hopefully, hopefully we continue to see this form from him. But Austin Reeves was absolutely fantastic. And I was highlighting him earlier in the game. I've talked a lot about Austin Reeves mm-hmm. in a similar way that we talked about guys like Danny Green, Alex Caruso, where if you get stuck just watching the basketball, when you're you're at home, you're watching the game, particularly on the defensive end, if you're just watching the ball, a lot of the times you miss out you're on, missing a lot. on the brilliance, yep. on, on exactly what makes their game so good because it's a lot of the off-ball stuff that your eye doesn't particularly notice. And there was a play early in the game where Austin Reeves went for a steal, and I believe it was Hassan Whiteside, did not get the mm-hmm. steal. The ball gets thrown ahead, and the Jazz are in transition. And Reeves, life or death sprints, like sprinting like his life depended on it, all the way across the court, burned past Taylor Horton Tucker, all the way across the floor diagonal while calling out yep. things for the Lakers defense to get to the man in the corner. And the ball didn't even go that way. The ball got swung to the opposite corner, resulted in a turnover <laughs> to the, for the Jazz. Side, yep. But Austin Reeves recognized what his job was in that scenario and did exactly what he needed to do. Didn't hang back behind the play or anything like that. And I pointed that out on Twitter. I said, this is part of why Austin Reeves is so successful. And then in this game, he wasn't shooting great from behind the arc, but he still stepped up, took the big three in crunch time, knocked it in, was making plays. In fact, he was a factor on the defensive side of the floor when Malik Monk got the big steal late in the game as well. Austin Reeves is just a guy that you put in the game and he's going to make plays for you. And a lot of them don't show up on the stat sheet. So nine points, four boards, two assists, one steal, three of six shooting, one of four from behind the arc. You look at it, you go, eh, that's an okay game. If you really dig into it, he made an impact tonight. And we saw a lot of the reason why you and I both have been saying Austin Reeves needs all the minutes that he can handle. All of them. I mean, he's quickly become one of my favorite players on the team. And I just want to address two quick things. About THC's shot, it feels like, and Trevor, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like earlier in the season, maybe this is just me, it's almost like with THT shot it, maybe it's just a lack of confidence coming back from the uh, thumb surgery, but it looked like he almost had like a little hitch in his mm-hmm. shot. Like he was hesitating while shooting. It, is, it was really weird, but now, yeah, he's definitely shooting with a little bit more confidence. Even like, yeah, he shot, what was it, uh, one, no, 0 for 4 tonight one from 3. Four. Yeah, you still felt like, okay, ooh, that's going in. Okay, never mind, but that's a good miss. Um, and then also another honorable mention for, for the Next Man Up Award. How about Aaron Donald? <laughs> See the chat saying that too. <laughs> Aaron Donald, Cal LeBron. I mean, as soon as LeBron dapped up Aaron Donald, that's when things started to get rolling. <laughs> he had everybody fired up. He was having a good time at the parade earlier today. 
He was having a good time there. He was feeling pretty good. Understatement. And now here he comes to the Lakers game. And yeah, he got people fired uh, fired up. LeBron is uh, was excited that he was there. You saw as soon as the game ended, LeBron went over and embraced Super Bowl champion Aaron Donald. Great, great moment. I I was saying give the give the man a jersey. If you you need somebody in the middle, you need somebody in the paint. Who better to deal with with Gobert? Just just hand yeah. him a jersey and say here, go go do your thing. Nobody's gonna move him. Throw him out there, but uh, but no, it was it was great to see uh, Aaron Donald first of all courtside after winning the, the Super Bowl championship. Yeah, what it means for, cool. for Rams fans in LA, all that. But then I really do think he made a difference in terms of the team's energy as well. So I think in a way he contributed to this win. Just make sure they uh, checks on Matthew Stafford, please. You know, <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> Uh, Tony Montana, why did it take so long to put in Howard? It's because of the success the Lakers have had going small against the Jazz and exploiting Gobert's Mm -hmm. uh, perimeter defense. That's why they waited so long, I believe. Now, we'll see. Frank Vogel has sometimes been a little bit reluctant to go to Dwight Howard. We'll see how he's used from here on out. Again, the Lakers coaching staff, just like the players, have some time to kind of regroup now during the All-Star break, and then we'll see how everything goes after this. But I think in this game specifically... The path to victory was clearly, once AD went out, it was clearly going small. So I don't fault, for I don't, this isn't a game where I'm looking at Frank Vogel and saying, why didn't you put Dwight Howard in? That was such a mistake. I think that they, they won playing small against the Jazz before. They've had success using this style against them. And so it made all the sense in the world to continue to play small. And ultimately, that's, it's part of why they won this one. So I thought it was just fine, the way that he utilized Dwight Howard. Also, I mean, the Lakers boxed out, like, really well tonight. And even when they were small, like, they won the rebounding battle tonight, which was one of my keys of the game, winning the war on the glass. They rebounded them on the offensive end. Uh, I think they lost the defensive rebounding by one, and they overall won the rebounding battle by three. Um, they won the rebounding battle. And Dwight Howard played, what, 12 minutes tonight? Um, yeah, he contributed on the glass. Not saying he didn't, but you had some success down the stretch. And, and that stretch where the Lakers kind of made their comeback and then started to get the lead and kind of hold on to it. They were small and they were winning the war on the glass while going small because they were boxing out. And he has some of the rebounds just fell on their lap. But at the end of the day, you still have to box out. So I think it, if you box out really well, you can, you can uh, allow yourself to go small. The Lakers shot 28% from three and 64% for the free and throw one. and one. And one. Now that's not always going to be the case that they're able to get away with that, but still pretty impressive. And they won the offensive rebound battle. Again, not having Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis gave you one offensive rebound, and they, going against Rudy Gobert, won the offensive rebounding battle. That's impressive. And again, Russell Westbrook, four offensive rebounds, team high. It's a big, big part of that. Big part of that. Only 10 turnovers. Yeah, as a team. As a team, only 10 turnovers. Yeah, not Ross, not Ross. All right. Uh, Big Meech said, the only way I trade AD is if I get the Greek freak back. Well, that's certainly not happening. The the Bucks are not <laughs> trading him. Love Lamar. I was just looking at the stats tonight, and I realized LeBron only shot two free throws, and those were both technicals. Is there any other superstar shooting less free throws? You know, there have been a lot of star-level players that have been, well, not a lot, but... Uh, a few specific star level players that have been upset with the officiating this year, specifically the guys who relied on a lot of the kind of 
trick the referee in order to blow the whistle type moves. I have another word for them when I'm not on the air. Um, the kind of stuff that you, you just don't like seeing, right? You don't like seeing that kind of basketball where the success or failure of the play is determined by whether or not you're able to fool the referee into blowing his whistle. So guys like James Harden, guys like Trey Young, even a little bit of Steph Curry, they've been uh, you know complaining a bit that they don't get to the line much, as much as they used to. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I, I think it's a great change for the NBA. Please stick with it. Don't start falling for this stuff. I saw Donovan Mitchell got a questionable foul call tonight. Um, don't don't go back to that. But LeBron has also gotten hit quite a bit. I mean, he's he's not the guy oh, that's man. doing all the crazy stuff, you know, driving to the basket and hooking a defender's arm and then throwing his arm up into it. He's not doing that kind of stuff. He's getting hit pretty hard at the basket right now and not getting foul calls. And it's been baffling. And I know part of it, I try to step back and say, okay, obviously I'm biased watching this game. It's going to seem probably more egregious to me than to other fans. But still, it it, fe- it does hacked. feel like LeBron is getting hit a lot and not getting the whistle. In part, I think just because he's so physically strong. It's a little bit of the Shaq effect, where Shaq, actually for as much as he was fouled, could have been blown for fouls a lot more but because he was so so big, so strong, you didn't notice it like with smaller players when they would recoil and things like that. And and that's just not a fair argument. Like, oh, he's he's so big, he's so he's so this, he's so that, so that he he can't get fouled. Like, no, LeBron's getting whacked on the head every time he drives into the lane. If if that's if that's a certain player, I think Trevor, you and I know who we're talking about when we say a certain player, that's a flagrant if you hit a few certain players on the head when they're driving to the basket. That's a flagrant foul, but because he's LeBron James, he's this, he's that, 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 that there's no foul call on the, on the play. I've got a few people in the chat saying a foul is a foul. Agreed. Agreed. And that, that should be the case. Yeah. But again, I've always said NBA officials have an incredibly difficult job. By no means would I do a better job. It's a very fast game with some incredible athletes mm-hmm. that are, are moving at high speed. It's sometimes... Even when we look at replay, sometimes it's tough to get things right. And even when we can slow things down and look at all the different angles, it's difficult to figure out what the exact call is. So I think that absolutely has to be factored in, and we have to give officials a little bit of leeway here. But it does feel like, and LeBron's been getting frustrated with it this season, he's taking a lot of contact when he goes to the rim and not going to the free throw line. And I do think it's in part because when LeBron gets hit, he doesn't go flying. If you hit Trey Young, the same way that LeBron gets hit, he's going into the fifth row. He's yeah. flying through the yeah. He's going so, to the fifth row. Yeah, that's that's something to keep an eye on. It's and it's unfortunate. All right, uh, I knew this was going to come up. I knew this was going to come up. Somebody said, "This is a super chat." Did you see LeBron's quote tw- tweet, retweeting, "Legend, my type of guy" <laughs> to Rams owner? wearing a shirt that said F them picks. So in light of the Lakers, not making a move at the trade deadline, remember, remember the Lakers or the Rams were the team that they went all in, right? They traded picks and got players and did what they needed to do in order to, to go for a win right now. And it worked. They won a Super Bowl. They hundred percent. They do not regret doing what they did, trading away the picks that they did because now they're the Super Bowl champions. And LeBron puts that out there on Twitter saying my kind of guy and legend right, right the after too. the Lakers 
didn't make a move, and in part because they didn't want to move future picks. How do we take that? Is there, is there now maybe a little bit of friction between LeBron and the Lakers front office? I don't think so, but I do think what I do think for sure is this kind of does help what I think it was Ramona Shelburne. Uh, Trevor, I know you talked about this on the last episode um, where the Lakers had some trades. It might have been the Christian Wood trade where the Lakers guy said, no, we don't want to throw in the pick or whatever. We don't want to trade that pick. And look, in, in their defense, I've been under the uh, the status of I'm not trading that first round pick this season unless it puts you back on top with the top straight teams in the league like Golden State, Phoenix, Memphis, or what have you. But... Uh, so, so I do think it helps that argument, but I, I think it's hilarious. Actually, LeBron would actually do that. Um, and I, I do think in another part that it helps is with the Lakers. And I think Ramon Shelburne and David Maneman, uh, McManaman talked about it was how the Lakers run office, like told LeBron, AD, Hey, this is your mess. Like you wanted Russell Westbrook, figure it out. And, and LeBron is doing this in return. Like, like, Hey man, like, no, we're trying to win. Like, yeah. Russ, yeah, we wanted Russ, but it doesn't matter because it should be your best interest to try to help us win right now. And, I mean, yeah, then you have, uh, I think, less need with the Sharks and have them picks. And LeBron, we, uh, quote tweeting that, is legendary. That's legendary by LeBron, not uh, less need. So I, I've got some people saying, but the Rams got, like, difference-making players. I don't know that the Lakers had that on the table, had the opportunity to go get real difference makers with the few picks that they did have to offer Christian, Christian would be. Yeah. If that was on the table, that's where you could pause and say, okay, well maybe. Right. But for the most part, yeah. I don't think anybody was giving up like superstars for the Lakers 2027 first. So I think that there's, that's a pretty key yep. difference that we have to, to note. Right. But in any event, in terms of LeBron and the Lakers front office, if that narrative, that way of thinking is correct, that essentially the Lakers not doing anything at the trade deadline, despite Certain players saying that they felt like something needed to happen, and we can guess that LeBron might have been among those certain players. That's kind of the Lakers front office way of saying, sorry, we're not going to do it. You really wanted Ross. You're on your own. You guys figured out a way to make it work. We're not going to go pay a bunch more in luxury tax to bail you guys out. And maybe, I mean, the, part of that is accurate. And okay, sure. Tell the tell the players they've got to figure it out and and come up with a way to make this work. But it's also not a good look when you've got one of the most valuable sports franchises, not in the NBA, on the planet, on the planet, um, yep. not making moves, perhaps in part due to financial reasons. That's, that is, I think, where Lakers fans will be a little bit frustrated. Future picks, okay, all right, future picks, you can say, well, they feel like they're going to be able to make some moves in the offseason. There's going to be some better better ways to utilize these assets in order to affect winning moving forward. Okay, maybe you can make an argument there. But if there was a financial component, I think that's where fans will go, wait, no, that that's not going to fly. Yeah. Um, now, I do think LeBron could be upset at the fact, like you look at past teams that LeBron's been on, whether it was in Cleveland, especially in his more recent stint or in Miami, those teams basically were 10 toes down. Like, okay, we are going to maximize everything we have into this little window, whether it's two years, there it was four years for both cases. But no matter how long this is, we are going to 
do whatever it takes to win with LeBron James now. And then whatever comes afterwards, we'll worry about that later. Both teams at the end, like you look at the Heat, look at the Cavs. Now they both eventually turn things back around. Um, so I do think LeBron could be kind of upset about that because he could look at the Lakers office and say, hey, like, like this works. Like, hey, you spend some extra money in the luxury tax or whatever. We can make this work. Look at what happened in Cleveland or Miami. They went over in the, in the luxury tax. This happened and so on and so on. I'm not saying that might be the correct way to look at it, but I mean, that could be an angle on James is looking at it due to what happened in Miami and in Cleveland and how the Lakers are reluctant to spend extra money because of the luxury tax. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. A big picture. That's a, that's a good point to look at there. Vector Nova said, despite a poor shooting night, THT had a great night defensively and created quite a few shots like that Reeves attempt at the end of the third set hard screens too. My question is, why didn't the Lakers blitz Mitchell early? Oh, my God. So, Sean, yes, you, yes. you see the X's and O's on a different level. So why why do you think the Lakers didn't go out of the pick-and-roll scheme in terms of defensively? Why weren't they going to the tried-and-true blitz the ball handler, make them give up the ball, and then you react from there? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I have a couple of reasons, and uh, there's two good ones or two ones that you could toss around in your head. One is I think honestly Frank Vogel trusted, and I'm saying I'm not saying that uh, he shouldn't trust them anymore after tonight. Donovan Mitchell is one of the elite mm-hmm. scores in the league right now. But I think he trusted his guys that he had. I mean, I think he trusted Stanley Johnson. Austin Reeves got a good share of guarding him as well. I think he trusted THT, Reeves, and Stanley Johnson to do a fair share of guarding him. LeBron got a a little bit on him, but LeBron really wasn't guarding him as much, especially to start the game. Um, So I think he trusted him, right? And then he would go drop to try to kind of contain him, and you have some help on the weak side. Um, Number two is I'm not sure Frank trusted the Lakers all. Deep, uh, defenders to be able to rotate and get out to the different guys quick enough mm-hmm. that it takes to be able to effectively run a trap or a blitzing ball screen. And I mean, I guess he got proven wrong when the chips were on the line late in that fourth quarter. They're like, okay, we got to find some way to get the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands. And that's, that was the last resort. They said, okay, we're just going to do it. And if we give up open threes to Rory O'Neal, we'll live with it. Um, and they, and they did a really good job. I think Russ actually off the ball. I have to go watch film again. But off the ball, I thought Russ in that fourth quarter, uh, sprinting out, making some really good rotations, did a great job. And I think one of those two reasons are it. But I definitely agree. Um, if, if they go and blitz it earlier, um, maybe Donovan Mitchell doesn't go berserk through those first three quarters. But maybe it's hindsight 2020. Maybe the Jazz and Quinn Snyder, they make an adjustment. And the Lakers don't have enough time to counteract that adjustment and whatnot. So, I mean, Lakers got the win at the end of the day. But, I mean, I guess those are probably the two biggest reasons why he didn't go to it earlier. And Donovan Mitchell finished with 37 points. By the way, this is insane. Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley, minus 27 and minus 25, respectively, on the night. 
That's a crazy stat. But but Donovan Mitchell finishes with 37 points. I think part of the reason why is so if you're going to do that, you're going to blitz the ball handler. Great. You're going to get the ball out of their hands. If it's James mm-hmm. Harden, if it's Damian Lillard, whoever, we've seen that. The problem, though, is you're going to play now essentially four on three until you can recover. Um, four offensive players against your yep. three defenders. And you're going to hope that you've got guys that can that can get out and, and recover and do what they need to do in order to stop that from being an easy scoring opportunity. It's one thing when you're doing that and you're then forcing, I don't know, a Robert Covington into being a decision maker, right? Who <laughs> that's, that's not really what he does. Yeah. So you're taking the off-ball guys and you're putting them into an uncomfortable situation where they now have to be the decision maker on the offensive end, whether it's, okay, I caught the ball in space. Now I'm going to pull up and shoot. I'm going to drive to the basket. I'm going to pass. I'm going to try to kick out, whatever. You take guys that are not comfortable doing that and you force them into that spot. That's not the case with Mike Conley, right? If Mike Conley is the guy getting the ball, yeah, Jordan Clarkson, uh, even even Bogdanovich, right? He can definitely knock in the deep ball, right? If you hit him, He's going to pull up and he's going to shoot it. Royce O'Neal has shot well from behind the arc for the Utah Jazz. Rudy Gobert, obviously, if he gets something going to the basket. So it's maybe a little bit more difficult to do that until you get late into the game and you really want to be aggressive. So I think there is some reason for it. But when Donovan Mitchell really started to get going, I was wondering too, like, at this point, do you want to just go ahead and double Come on, and, and send that blitz and try to get the ball out of his hands? Uh, I was a little bit surprised he didn't go to it earlier. Yeah, if he had like a few buckets in a row in that third quarter, I'm like, what is he at now? Come on, break, what are we doing? But I mean, again, they went to it eventually in that fourth. And when it's at that point in the fourth quarter, you're trying to get a win, you got to have somebody. You got to, the Jazz have good shooters, man. So you have to live with somebody shooting a a wide open three. And again, if it's Royce O'Neal, I'm fine with it as a coach. I'm not letting Bogdanovich get a good look. Definitely not Donovan Mitchell. Um, so yeah, you got to live with some of those things. All right. Let's finish things up here by talking about the master lock of the night. So our good friend, Chris, the masterpiece masters his finishing hold in the wrestling ring is the master lock. So we take whatever was the most annoying or frustrating thing from this particular game. We put it in the master lock and sometimes it's a player. Sometimes it's a concept. Sometimes it's a referee. Sometimes it's a Laker. It's a opposing teams player. It's a coach, whatever. So, chat, let me know. What is it that you are putting into the Master Lock tonight? And, Sean, while the chat is letting us know, what are you putting in the Master Lock? Man, there's a couple of good options, and the chat is giving it. uh, No, okay, never mind, not that one. I'm going to do injuries as a whole, Um, not specifically Anthony Davis's injury because I don't want to talk negatively about him. Um, I do think, though, that whenever, again, it's kind of like reminiscent of last season, like, okay, this guy's back. Wait, wait, these two players are now finally together again? Oh, crap, now this guy's out again, or now a couple key rotation players are out now. That's just been the story of the Lakers season, not just this year, but last year, too. It's like whenever they get any piece of momentum going, something happens, so... Uh, I'm going to go with the injuries. I mean, there's another one, maybe the refs, but I'm going to go with the injuries as a whole. I agree. I agree. Injuries. I've got some people saying Malik Monk for throwing that lob. They were having success on the lob. Russell Westbrook found AD for a couple of lobs early in the game. I don't fault him for throwing that. Maybe it was a little bit off, but I don't think it was like a hospital ball where we're trying to, where you knew when he threw it, he was going going to get injured on it. I don't think it was that type of situation. In this case, it's the injuries. It's the it, it was so 
unfortunate seeing what happened and especially knowing that it could be a significant injury and, and how long he could be out and all of that. We'll yeah. see. We're going to be on top of it. We're going to wait to hear what the Lakers find out tomorrow. If there's any kind of uh, timeline or anything like that, that's issued. We're going to keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best with Anthony Davis. Obviously didn't look great, but clearly the master lock has got to go to injuries. All right. Yeah, and even that lob pass, sorry to cut you off, that lob pass was one of their favorite sets. I think that was a stagger lob set that I've covered a few times for the best play breakdown. So they've run that set a, a dozen times at this point in the year. So it's not just an air pass by Malik Monk. Right. Uh, Guru said the team should practice free throws, jumpers, and the offense is still Again? Lead. Yeah, so Frank Vogel, at their last practice, he made every player go and make 25 free throws before they were allowed to leave. I know they're practicing them, but again, tonight, 64%, if I round up from the free throw line, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. The Lakers have become one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the NBA again. Uh, and they've got a team that really should be shooting a lot better than this from the line. I mean, this has cost them wins. Tonight, it didn't. But this is something that they've got to get figured out. In fact, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm going to see exactly where they rank. I know they've slipped recently. They are... Let me guess, 26. That's just a uh, random guess. I think they might even be below that. Let me see. Oh, wow. Let me see here. Uh, free throw percentage, the Lakers. <sighs> the regular season. Uh, you know what? It's not loading for me here. Hold oh, on, I'm wait, to here it is. Up. I just got it. Let's they see. are second to last. Second to last, 29th. <laughs> 29th. Yikes. Wow, Memphis is not good. Oh, okay, I guess that makes in sense. The NBA from the free throw line. They got to get better than that, certainly. Certainly got to get better than that. They are yep. just barely better than the Houston Rockets at the free throw line. That's not good. That is definitely not good. Uh, but yes, they, they do need Sheesh. to get better there, especially once we get into the play-in tournament and all that sort of stuff. We'll see, everybody. Fingers crossed, obviously, for Anthony Davis. Hopefully hopefully we get some good news tomorrow as far as a timeline. I don't know for sure if we're going to get a timeline on AD tomorrow or not, but hopefully he can be back sometime this season before the play-in tournament would start, and hopefully the Lakers can reintegrate him into the lineup. Until then, it's going to be all hands on deck. We'll see if they can get somebody in the buyout market that can maybe come in and make a difference. But everybody in the chat, I appreciate you guys for joining us tonight. Great to see the Lakers get a win. Not so great to see Anthony Davis get hurt, uh, particularly the way that he did. That was very scary. But again, appreciate all of you for joining us and getting through this together. Make sure if you haven't done so already that you're following us on the LakersNation.com YouTube channel. And don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. It's going to be a little while till we do a live show because they don't have a game, an official game till Friday. But we'll sprinkle in some here and there for the next week and a half. So we'll still get together and talk Lakers basketball. Till then, stay safe and see ya. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 